We're on a mission from God. And now, something completely different. is Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky from St. Paul's Luther Church in New Athens, Illinois, and Trinity Lutheran Church in Darmstadt, Illinois, and I have with me Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Essential Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. And this is Wrestling with, with the, the basics. basics. And my daughter hung around for another show, so we're glad to have Naomi yes, here. Yes, we are. Uh, and we usually Always. try to... Try to, oh, by the way, check me. Check me for honeysuckle, would you, Matt? I, <laughs> man, I'm so concerned about that You're now. You're so sweet. <laughs> That's the problem. So sweet. <laughs> but uh, we usually try to do something a little lighthearted to start the show. Uh, we have my daughter here, Naomi, here. And, of course, as a proud grandpa, she's going to share yet a cute story. And it relates to wrestling. That's why I brought that up. But this is One more time, Matt. This is... Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, the basics. basics. Okay, so tell us a cute story about my granddaughter, Lauren. So, Lauren is six years old, and she enjoys Sunday school and watching wrestling with her dad. <laughs> and she told me yesterday in the car as we were commuting home from school, Mom, do you know why I like God the best? And I said, no, honey, why? And she said, because he put the smack down on the devil. <laughs> <laughs> so can we kind of like make that our motto? You think that'd be all right? We're wrestling with the basics. We put the smack down on the devil. I think so. I bet you would approve. <laughs> all right. So thank you, Nan. Hopefully Lauren hasn't gotten that copyright in there or anything yet. And we're, <laughs> so she's going to start charging royalties for using that. We'll have to have our lawyers contact her and get a contract written up. The smack down on the devil. I I love it. Oh, shoot. Uh, and thank you for being with us again, Naomi. I, dragging her through all of this. I tell you what. <laughs> what a, you, know your, you know your kids love you when they'll sit through you doing a radio show. Yeah, that's, that's great. <laughs> and yeah. she, we, we, I, she sat through when we were doing the Thy Strong Word before this, too. So this has been almost oh two hours goodness. straight of her. What a trooper. Yeah, yeah, were, you on, you the, were you on the air on that show? No. 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 Oh, no. man. You know, especially now that we've moved to the broom closet, the bare <laughs> light bulb. That's, it is a little crowded. It's a little isn't crowded it? with three people, it but that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> so, so Matt, we want to continue. This is the Easter season. I think it's still the Easter season, isn't it? It sure <laughs> I'm is. Losing track. It's always a good time to celebrate yeah. Easter, right? Um, so, we did want to have a couple more things to say about uh, that whole story about doubting Thomas and everything, and 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 uh, I just love that. To, to just know, I don't care if you're frightened. I don't care if you're full of doubt. You, you could even say, I don't think I can believe. And the Lord Jesus is just going to come and say, peace to you. That's all he wants to do. So so uh, what what else? You said there's some other things that you thought were interesting about that story. Well, I, when I shared this, when we talked about the story as a congregation, yeah. I, I talked about a painting and I, I shared a picture Oh, with the cool. congregation. So I'm a little hesitant to do that since we are on radio. <laughs> it's kind of hard. <laughs> it's a little <laughs> hard to do. Well, you know, here's the thing. First of all, you didn't bring the painting with you. No. No, <laughs> so, that, that was mistake number one. All, Matt didn't bring a Bible with him today. Well, <laughs> hey, you're not supposed to tell people that. No, but thankfully you're at KFO. We have a plethora of Bibles. They're uh, everywhere. Actually one, wasn't it? That yeah, was it was kind of hard to track down, actually. But Buzz helped me. And we've got it. It's even large print. It's... So, 
It's yeah. bigger than, I don't know, I, that's bigger Bible. than two normal Bibles. Using. Yeah, I'm the old guy. So, uh, so anyway, so you had a picture, but but go ahead. So we, 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 we have this... Uh, we have this picture where it's uh, well, well okay let me okay no I'll talk about the picture <laughs> so it's this picture it's, it's it's the famous one people probably know it you can pro- you can google it. it's probably the first one that's going to pop up if you could just google thomas painting okay but it's it's called the incredulity of saint thomas oh cool incredulity means, means unbelief basically yeah, yeah. and so it's this picture of of jesus there that that next sunday after Jesus already appeared to the other disciples, and they told Thomas that, you know, hey, we've seen the Lord, and Thomas doubts, and now it, it picks up that moment where Jesus reveals himself to Thomas. Ah, okay. And so it's Jesus standing there, and then it's three disciples crowded around him, but Thomas in particular, he's he's peering at Jesus. He has his hand reached out. He's actually putting his hand into oh, Jesus' side, cool. just with this look of awe on yep, his face, yep. you know, kind of unbelief mixed with belief, mixed with awe, mixed with kind of embarrassment. I mean, it's just, it's a really neat expression on his face. So it's, it's a, it's a painting worth looking at. It's, it's pretty cool. But, but so Google Thomas. Google that. Yeah. And the Caravaggio was the artist. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, well, Google Thomas. Yeah, Thomas. It's <laughs> Caravaggio. I don't know. I so, assume it's C-A-R, but after that, yeah, it get confusing. Yeah. But Thomas, T-H-O-M-S. I got it. All right. Thank you, but, man. But painted in the early 1600s. Yeah. Uh, and one of the, the what I like about the painting is it's just so gritty and lifelike and real. I mean, when you look at this painting, uh, there's no halos on anyone's head. Uh, uh, Thomas himself, as he's peering at Jesus, you see his outer cloak and his the seam on his shoulder. It's a little ripped. I mean, oh, it's you know, right? it's worn. You know, yep. and then when his hands, the hand he's reaching out to touch Jesus with, his fingernails are dirty. You know, oh, so I mean, it's, he's been out working or in the yep, field or whatever, yep. whatever he's been doing. Um, it, it's just so lifelike as Jesus comes to this real man with real doubts. He reveals that he's a, a real savior. He really is back from the dead. Um, the interesting thing is when you look at the history of this painting, though, um, that's exactly why the art experts, critics of Caravaggio's days hated it. Is hated that right? the painting. Yeah, because it was so real. It was so lifelike. It didn't follow so, the pattern of religious painting as they experienced it, yeah. Exactly. You know, the, the idea back then, at least, was if you're going to paint scenes from the Bible, they, they have to look you know, holy, right? Yeah. These are holy Idealized. moments. Idealized. They, got, yeah. you got to have the halos on the heads. You know, It has to look just perfect. It has to be this, this, this sanitized, sanctified picture if you're going to paint the Bible. And Caravaggio does just, just the opposite. Just, yeah. He paints it. As it is, you know, these moments in the Bible that were, were, were holy, certainly, yeah, but he pays, paints them as they really happen. He painted reality. He painted it with all the grittiness and, and God invading our fallen world with his holiness. And, and that's pretty cool. What's interesting, too, is um, Caravaggio's biographer writes about this and says that the, the kind of the art experts, the people in the know didn't like his paintings. But the common people did. They did. They I can did. see that. They appreciated that. it. And, you know, these, these dark rooms and the streets that he paints, it, it reminded them of the, the, the streets that they walked and yep. the dark rooms they lived in. It was real life. And, uh, and, and that's, that's what I think is pretty cool is that, you know, again, it's, it's the reality of this real guy with real doubts and this real savior who's really alive back from the dead reviewing himself. 
Um, Caravaggio, when you look at his life, he was uh, he was kind of a gritty guy himself. Is that right? So he's he's this guy who would drink and gamble and duel. He had a sword with him everywhere <laughs> oh, he went. Colorful guy. <laughs> what, what really kind of tickles me is the, the reason we know so much about Caravaggio yeah. is is basically from the court records of oh, when he got arrested, right. put on trial. He went to jail a few times, and that's how we know so much about the guy is from the court records. So you know, and I think you know what Caravaggio can. And the kind of guy he is, um, you know, probably could relate to Thomas. I'm thinking. I think so. Yeah, that's probably why he yeah. painted that picture. Yeah. Sure. Thomas didn't have it all together. Thomas had doubts and sins, certainly, um, but yet Jesus still comes to him, right? Uh, still reveals himself to him. And you know, for us too, that, that, that think about our own lives and, and the things that we've done. We touched on this last week um, to know that Jesus still comes to us, yeah. right? Yeah. And Jesus doesn't reach out his hands to Thomas and slap Thomas because of his unbelief. Or instead, he just <laughs> get holds, those dirty fingers, get, get those fingers wash your hands. What's with you? Yeah, yeah. Instead, you he can't just, die. I'm a holy guy. Exactly. Oh, that in my wounds, I'll get infection. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He's, he's one of us, yeah. right? You know, true God, true man. And and even you know the, the the amazing thing is even after the resurrection, he still has a body, right? Yeah. You know, he's yeah. still in the flesh. Uh, even now, even as he rules and reigns in heaven. Uh, you know, so to, anyway, uh, he, he comes to Thomas. He doesn't leave him in his unbelief. He doesn't forget about Thomas. He doesn't forget about us. Um, and, and I think uh, just to, to recognize that we too are real people with real sins and real doubts, we need a real savior. And uh, especially on the heels of, of, of Easter, I think that's important yeah, to remember. Yeah. Because, you know, people come to church on Easter, right? And and everyone is wearing their best dress, ah, yes, their yep. best tie, dressed up. their best smile. Fancy hats. Sunday best. Yeah. My wife wore a hat even. Uh, she looked great. Uh, but... Uh, Good thing you put that in there. I know. <laughs> did you hear that, Lisa? You look great. Uh, Lynn had a. She looked great. I'm too. sure she did. <laughs> All right. But uh, you know, but but just to, to recognize that. Uh, you know, we too aren't people that have it all together all the time. No. We're we're far from perfect. We're real people with real sins, with real doubts, and to be willing to to recognize that ourselves. And you know, I think even to uh, be honest with each other too, to not have to put on that facade of perfection. Yeah. Now that's that's not it at all. But it's it's just to admit who we are. And I think one place to do that is confession, absolution at church. I mean, if we really think about what we're saying, we're admitting to the Lord, but to each other that hey, I've messed up. I'm imperfect. I've sinned in thought, word, and deed. I've done stuff I shouldn't do. I haven't done things I probably should have done to help others, uh, to love my neighbor, to love the Lord. You know, forgive me. And to hear those words as our that same living Savior comes to us, forgives us, and like we said last week, says, peace be with you. Uh, so that's just the encouragement for our listeners, just like Thomas was a real guy with real doubts, it's okay. Doubts aren't good, but they're real. And, and our Savior still comes to us. And, 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 you know, I think it's neat, Matt, because if you look at the accounts that are given of Easter, that is the pattern you see over and over again, isn't it? I, I mean, that that's why we had that text uh, we had a few weeks ago, where, where they leave the tomb frightened and, and you know, wondering and afraid to talk to anybody, because uh, that is the reality that Christ comes to. And, and maybe that's the thing, as Christians, we need to remember, because maybe we've so dressed up when we come to church. And we and I'm not saying that's bad. Now, I don't want to get the calls from the people and say, <laughs> you know, we, you're coming to the house of God, you should be. Yes, of course, of course, I understand that. We should wear the very best we can. Sure, nothing wrong with that. But, but we have to help people understand the church is not the assembly of good people. It is the assembly of sinners. You, you mentioned confession and absolution. I would add the Lord's Supper. 
He says, this is my body and blood given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. That's why we're coming, not because we're such fine, good Christians, but because we aren't. That's that's why we come. So, Yeah, it's for sinners. Church is for sinners. The Lord's Supper is for sinners. It's for for real people with real sins and real doubts like Thomas. Now, let me share with you something that's really tremendous about that, then also for us and our neighbor. I, you know, because last week I talked about why I I love this text, because I think it gives us maximum comfort. I, you, you can be full of fear. You can be having doubts. You can even think that you can't believe you can't have peace. The Lord's just going to come to you and tell you what it is, that you have peace, you have forgiveness. But I think what's neat is in that story of Thomas that he then says, I'm going to send you out like the Father. I'm coming here to you right now. The Father sent me to you right now, and I'm going to send you out, and you got the same message. And, in fact, I'm going to tell you, if you forgive anyone their sins, they are forgiven. Forgiven. And so I, I want to plug that, too, that all of us who've come and we know our weaknesses and our doubts and we're still struggling with all these things, and yet the Lord has said, peace. That's okay. I got it all figured out for you. And and the fact that we can now go to our neighbor and we can say the same thing and say it with that confidence that it's not us. It's Jesus that's saying us. And, and, and is that a beautiful promise, Matt? If you say their sins are forgiven, they are forgiven. There's no question, no doubt about it. Okay. That's just what, what it is. What a gift. Yeah. Oh, Jesus says you say it on earth. I'm saying it in heaven. Uh, um so I just think that's a great thing we have as Christians, that when people come to us and they're struggling and they have doubts and they're feeling guilty about things, that we can uh, give them these words of encouragement and let them know, hey, it's just not what I'm saying. No, this is this is the truth. This is a fact. This is how it is, because that's what Jesus Christ has said. So yeah. I, that's what I love about this text. Yeah. Again, maximum comfort. What yeah. a comfort that is. Yeah. It, the other thing I want to add is, yeah. uh, we, last week we, we read through that text, we read that account. We didn't read the, the last couple of verses right after that, how, how that chapter ends in John. Okay. So I don't know, do you save your yeah, Bible let's open? Yeah, do that. No. Um, okay. uh, yeah, I do have my Bible with me. Okay, all right, <laughs> don't rub it in, I know. What kind of pastor doesn't bring his Bible with him, <laughs> especially right. to be on to the radio? To a Bible Jeez. study! I know, I know. <laughs> terrible, it makes me wonder, terrible. Where were you at before you came to record this show? <laughs> Ironically, I was at a Bible study. But <laughs> oh, and you left your me. Bible there. You left your Bible. Yeah. I can see that. Okay. Just in the rush to get here. That's right. My you... eagerness to be with you <laughs> and Naomi. That's right. Oh, it all makes sense now, it's, Matt. Okay. So what verse did you want me to read? <laughs> okay. Uh, I, 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 well, the last few verses there. So we have this, this account where, okay, Jesus reveals himself to Thomas then uh, yeah. and, and sees his wounds, okay, in person. And then we have right after that, John and his gospel includes the, the really sort of the purpose of this book, the purpose of his gospel. Yes. So it's John 20, verses 30 and 31. Oh. So if you want to read those I, two boy, verses. I'm glad you did because it's like John saying, now let me explain what this means to you. Yeah. Isn't but, it? Yeah. This isn't just some story about some odd guy that Carviaggio would draw and make a picture of in the future. Now, this is actually for you right here and now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Isn't that cool? That you know, is I, cool. I mean, I, I, on the one hand, I, I think, boy, there's all these other things that could have been written. John, why didn't you put them down? I would have loved <laughs> to hear about the other Makes stories. Makes you about, wonder, doesn't I it? I know. What did Jesus say and do? Yeah. Oh, I would love to know. But on the other hand, what he did write down is, is that's all we need, uh, that, yeah. that you may believe, you know, each one of us 
that, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. So the, the connection I want to make with the, those closing words is, you know, if we are, if we see ourselves in Thomas, just as yeah. Caravaggio, that artist, probably saw himself in Thomas. If we see ourselves in Thomas, and I think if we're honest, we all do, right? Uh, then seek Jesus where he reveals himself today. He revealed himself to Thomas, but he still reveals himself today. And and in those verses you just read, Jesus reveals himself today in his word, in the Bible. I mean, that, that's really why the Bible is written, uh, so that you may believe, that we might stop doubting, that we would have stop having unbelief, but would believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Um, you know, I, it's just this emphasis, the Bible isn't written primarily for just rules for how to live as godly people for us to appear some to, to yeah. achieve some sort of perfection right that perfection we try to, to look like we have maybe on Easter Sunday in our Sunday best now that's not the purpose of the Bible now, the purpose of the Bible is, is is that real people with real problems with real sins and real doubts would know their real Savior and have life in his name and that's what it's all about. You know that that's the uh, the insight that I had this year. That that uh, and again, I don't know. I might have had it previous years. When you get my age, you don't really yeah, remember. It kind of runs together. I'm sure yeah, after a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but but because you have this story where Jesus comes to the disciples and he says, "If you forgive anyone their sins, they're forgiven." And then all of a sudden, we have the story about Thomas. Uh, but but I think you've hit on why those stories connect. And then of course, summarized with these last verses, these things are written so that you may believe. Because you see, Thomas's problem wasn't just that he didn't believe that Jesus was resurrected. Apparently, he didn't believe that promise of Jesus that if someone here right now says your sins are forgiven, then you're forgiven. See, he didn't believe that the word was enough. We have to have more than the word. I got to see it. I got to put my hands in the wounds and all that. And and that's the point that John's making is that, no, if you have the word of Jesus, that is sufficient. You don't need anything more uh, because, again, as we said last week, the peace Jesus offers you is not a peace that requires these things to be eliminated, the fear and the doubt. In fact, actually, I think they play a part in faith. Would you not agree with me, Matt? The people that right now think they have it all together, the people that think they are indeed good Christian people because they went to church on Easter and got all dressed up, those who think they're just such good and nice folk that how could God not love them, Jesus can't say anything to them. They don't have ears to hear. Yeah, It's precisely the people that are struggling with fear, that are wrestling with their conscience. To those people, to the Thomases of the world, to you and me and our listeners, it really means something when Jesus shows up and says, peace. peace. That really means something. So, uh, uh, yeah, that that's the thing. Uh, and, you know, Matt, if you think about it, you think about the lessons of the Bible, isn't that the point over and over again? If you've got the words of Jesus— that's all you really need. Yeah. Um, I, and ahead, I, I was just going to say, when we're looking at the doubts and how Jesus does not abandon Thomas, comes yes, back from says yeah. peace. You know, really, Thomas isn't the first guy in the Bible to do this, right? No, that's I right. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, think down, you know, you think about Abraham. He has doubts. Exactly. You know, he doubts if God's really going to protect him if if people know that Sarah's his wife. <laughs> Maybe I should say she's my sister, <laughs> right? right. Uh, Moses, he's got doubts. The Lord says, speak to the rock for water to come out. And Moses hits it not yeah, once, but yeah. twice. Yeah, just you know, to make sure. Just to make sure. Because, again, the word to, wasn't enough. The word wasn't the enough. The word wasn't enough. We and, had to have something well, more. And I think even with Abraham. Abraham, that's the case too. The word's not enough. Yeah. God said, I'm going to give you this land. I'm going to be with you. That's not enough all of a sudden. Um, you, know, you think of a guy like Peter. I mean, it seems oh, like yeah. every 
every other chapter, Peter's doubting what Jesus is saying. The word's not enough. No, Lord, you, sh- you surely won't die. Uh, so again and again, but in each one of those circumstances, God doesn't abandon them. He doesn't leave them. In fact, you know, guys like Abraham even brings the Savior into the world through them and their yep, descendants. Yep. Uh, God doesn't leave them in their doubts, but for his real people with real doubts, he, he's that real God, and he sends that real Savior, Jesus Christ, to forgive and say peace. And, and all he does is give us the word again, because yeah, <laughs> it really is enough. We may not grasp that yet. But when all things are said and done, we'll realize it was just enough that Jesus Christ came to us and said, peace, and that your sins are forgiven. And and that was all we really needed. Uh, and he was right. He was right all along. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think that's a good point, Matt. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, anything else? Well, I'll share. You know, yeah. I just I, 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 I saw something on, on Facebook. Can I talk about Facebook? Sure, okay. talk about Facebook. So I there was this. Uh, by, by the way, it's interesting you mentioned because I noticed as we were doing this, my daughter was back filling with on her Facebook? phone. Well, no, I, I assume she was looking up Carviaggio to see what that picture looked like. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Check it out. <laughs> it is well worth it. And he doesn't just do. Uh, well, I don't know if we even get my Facebook thing now. But anyway, but, oh, but I'm but, sorry. I no, that's OK. You. But I, I, let me talk about Caravaggio okay. some more. Yeah. So. Right. He does this with all of his paintings. Yep. So he does this, uh, uh, another good one. Look up uh, the shepherd's adoration of Jesus at his birth. Oh, Here's cool. the thing again. It's so lifelike. Yep. So you look at this painting. Uh, the, the shepherds look like guys that just came out of the field. Imagine that. Because they just did, they right? Did. <laughs> so they look like so that. So their fingers dirty too? They're, they're, their old body's dirty. Is that right? There's no halo over Mary or Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Mary, my favorite part is Mary. Mary looks like a woman who had just given birth. Imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine that. She looks exhausted and about, yeah. you know, like, oh my gosh, what are these shepherds doing here now? <laughs> you know, let me get some rest. <laughs> Jesus is just, he's a little newborn laying on his yeah. mama's lap. Yeah. You know, and again, just the, the realness, the grittiness. And I think his paintings serve as a reminder that, again, that it's a real savior in a real world for real people. Uh, and that wasn't just at his resurrection. But even at his birth, birth that's yeah, why Jesus yeah. came, to be that real Savior. And, and I, I don't know, I, I appreciate his artwork. I think uh, it has some nice insights for us as, as real people, that real Savior. Well, and see, now you got my mind running, too. So we have this beautiful story, and, and he's reminding us, this is not a fairy tale. This is a reality. And then the very next thing that happens is all of a sudden they're fleeing for their lives because of crazy man. As we talked about crazy people ruling nations today. <laughs> was out to kill him. And that's the real world. That's the world we live in. And and God isn't going to change that world. No, that's pretty much the world you and I are going to have. So there will be fears. There will be doubts. But you're right. He's a real savior for real people in a very real world. Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, okay, that that's neat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's the problem. <laughs> All right, Matt. What's the problem? So, so next week, next week, Facebook? You want to talk about well, Facebook? Well, we can touch on that. Yeah, I've got a little well, Facebook story. Okay, one of well, our, could you give us a teaser? Well, one of our what members... about yeah, Facebook? Because I think it's the devil's work, by yeah, the way. Well, hey, by the way, you know, look at these kind of perfection. If you look at people's Facebook pages, you think everyone was perfect. <laughs> they post <laughs> the best pictures, the best moments in time, and yeah. they even edit the pictures maybe a little before they put them up. But anyway, no, what I wanted to share was this little clip that uh, one of our members shared. And it's, it's a clip of this guy who's 66 years old, grandpa who, who's colorblind, and he gets a pair of glasses that correct his colorblindness oh, and you're the kidding. reaction on his face. And I want to talk about how 
how our perspective, our, our vision deficiency is changed by by something that Easter brings. So so maybe we'll touch on that. All right. start with that that next sounds week. cool. So Facebook and colorblindness up for next week on Rest <laughs> of the Basics. We're saying goodbye to Naomi. She will not be here with us for next week. But uh, thanks for coming. Bye, Naomi. Today. Thanks for being here.